In fact, you're going to have to repeat this. You and I, we are not passive pawns. We are powerful partners. So you're going to say that. Repeat after me. Say, I am not a passive pawn. I am a powerful partner. What does that mean, what you just said, right? You guys know what a pawn is on the chessboard? You guys know what a pawn is? It's the most insignificant, most powerless piece on the board, and there's a whole bunch of them that's just common, right? And the king and the queen can do all kinds of things and move in different ways, but the pawn can only go one place. And I, I got this visual image that sometimes I view my relationship with God is, God, just do whatever you want to do with me. I'm your passive pawn. Just move me where you want me to go, and I'll do what you want me to do, and I'm just waiting for you to move me. And God is saying, no, you're not a passive pawn. You're a powerful partner, meaning changing the way the game is played where the pieces become alive. And as a knight or as a bishop, you begin to say, I'm not just waiting for someone to move me. I see that the enemy is here, and I'm going to attack the enemy. I'm going to say the enemy, the gates of hell do not get to prevail. I'm not just waiting passively for something to happen. I see an opportunity, and I'm going to attack. I'm going to go and take the offensive. And so I think that that's what the Lord is saying. As we just shouted those Jericho walls down, maybe you don't understand all of what's going on. You don't have to understand it all in our reasoning, our intellect. I hope you are able to discern something in the spirit realm. That there are things that go on in the spirit realm that the, the enemy would love for us to be ignorant about. That you'd love us to just be these passive pawns that go through life, and we just have this understanding of who God is, that he is, it is true, right? We want to have a high view of God, that he is sovereign, that he's king and he's Lord of all creation, right? Those are all good things. But sometimes, I'm just being honest, I don't know about you, but sometimes I view God and my relationship with him is that, well, whatever he wants to happen, he's God, right? Like, I'm not smart enough, so I'll just wait for him to tell me what to do. Like, I'll just take this passive role, God, whatever you want, just move and change the circumstance. Just wave a wand and you do what you want to do, God. And it sounds like a holy prayer. It sounds like a, a good posture. Well, he's God, and I'm just going to wait for him to do something. But the reality is, he's called us into being powerful partners with him. He says, I've given you the kingdom, I've given it to you. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, and I give it to you. I, I, you know, I can't help but think, right, looking throughout Scripture. There's things throughout Scripture, we'll look at maybe a few of them, that the kingdom of God is not just a passive, just sitting back and just allowing God to do his thing. It's actually, it's a kingdom where it's advancing. It's actually taking territory. It's actually removing things. Like, okay, think about this, right? I am not a scientist. I am not one of these guys that understands a lot of things, but I love my mind being blown and like my brain hurting when I think about the universe, right? I don't understand it all, but astrophysicists and astronomers, they can explain to us that the universe is expanding. You've heard that before, right? The universe is expanding. It's getting bigger in every direction, like up, down, left, right, every single direction. The universe is getting bigger, and they've actually discovered that it's not only advancing it's actually increasingly advancing. Like, it's getting faster and faster as time goes on. It's just rapidly advancing more and more. So if that's how God created the natural universe that we can observe with our eyes, is it too hard to think that his spiritual kingdom is advancing? His kingdom is advancing. It's forcefully advancing, and I believe that it's actually advancing at a more rapid race, just like the natural universe is. His kingdom, his spiritual kingdom is advancing. Too many times we see what goes on in the news, the media, our world, and we think the enemy is just making the place darker and darker, and, and man, the world is going to hell in a handbasket, and we just better hold on until Jesus returns. That is the wrong view. 
what was the very first thing that God said to humanity, right, in Genesis chapter 1? The very first thing he said to humanity, right, he said, let us make man in our image. He's talking to himself, right? The Trinity is talking. Let's make man in our image, right? Let's, let's create a universe. Let's create this earth. Let's make them in our image. And then after he created them, the very first words Adam and Eve ever heard was what? Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. Meaning, I want you to expand. I want you to forcefully take possession of the earth. I want you to be like me and find ways to advance the kingdom of God. It's one of these things that you and I, this is part of the kingdom. This is part of being in his kingdom is we are to advance his kingdom. In fact, I got to look at the verse, right? I keep quoting it to you. I've heard this verse. It's actually one of the hardest verses to interpret in all of Scripture. If you read scholars, they're like, this is a really hard one. You can read all kinds of different translations. Um, hold on, I'm opening up my notes. Uh, Matthew eleven twelve says this. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. And it's one of these things like, okay, the kingdom of God is suffering violence. Like, people are attacking, the enemy is attacking God's kingdom, and... And there's all kinds of interpretations about how to read scripture, and that's what it's saying. But if you read lots of different translations, there's one that says it this way that I really like. It says, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and forceful people have been seizing it. Does that sound a little different to you? The kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing. It goes right along with that verse over there, right? Jesus is talking to Peter, and Peter says, well, who do you say that I am? He's like, you're the Christ, you're the Son of the living God. He said, well, Peter, on this rock, this truth that you understand that I am the Son of God, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Meaning, have you ever thought about this, right? Gates are not an offensive weapon. The enemy has gates protecting his territory. What do you use a gate for? I have a gate at my house, right? It's, it's territory and land that I possess, I purchased, and I don't want other people that don't belong there to come on my property. So I put a gate there so that I can go in and out of my territory and nobody else can, right? I got the key to my gate. The gates of hell, right? The enemy does have legal grounds because of the fall of man, the curse, right? The sin, you guys all know it's back in Genesis, right? And Jesus is saying the gates of hell will not prevail against the advancing of my kingdom. I am building my church. I'm, in, I'm multiplying it. I'm being fruitful. I'm going to build my kingdom until I return. And the gates of hell cannot thwart it. They can't do anything against the power of my kingdom advancing. Is that making sense? So too many times we think in our thoughts, in our emotions, we look at our own personal lives, we look at the global, and we're like, man, it does not seem like God is winning. It seems like the devil is winning. But the truth of scripture is, his kingdom is advancing. So we have to... I love that. We always have to take our experience, our thoughts, and our emotions, and we have to line it under the Word of God. We don't take our experiences and then find Scripture and say, well, this Scripture meets my experience. No. I say, here's the Word of God, and I have experience, and it doesn't seem like it's matching. So I'm going to do everything to bring this under a line with God's Word. God's Word says His kingdom is forcefully advancing. His kingdom is getting bigger. It's getting bigger. It's taking more territory every single day. I might see something in my natural eyes where it doesn't seem that way, but I choose to say, God, your word is saying this. So I choose to walk in that kingdom. And I love that it says the kingdom of God, right, just doesn't suffer violence. It's forcefully advancing, and forceful people are seizing it. So it's kind of like a two-part thing. We've got to understand 
that God's kingdom is advancing. No matter what you think, no matter what the enemy does, nothing can be done about it. God's kingdom is advancing. That's just what's going to happen. But you and I have an opportunity to be powerful partners. We can just be passive pawns. God, you advance your kingdom. You do your thing. And I'll just pray that you do it. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Or are we going to be powerful partners and say, God, I'm going to bring your kingdom everywhere I go. Do you see the difference? So uh, this idea of violent, right? That's kind of like a word we don't like to say. Jesus is humble and meek and he's gentle and kind. He is all those things. But I, sometimes I, I want to make sure we understand both. I, I say these questions, you already know the answer. Is Jesus gentle and kind or he is, is he violent and forceful? Yes. yes. I mean, read some of the Old Testament. Read the book of Revelation, right? Jesus is coming back and he's not going to be this passive, gentle and kind king. It says he's going to come back and he's going to clean house. He's going to forcefully take what is his. He's not going to allow the enemy, right? He's, he took back the keys to hell, right? To death, all those things, right? When he went to the cross, it looked like he was passively being tortured and he was the one being crucified on the cross. But what did Jesus say? No one takes my life from me. I'm the one choosing to lay it down. It might look like I'm passively just dying up here on the cross, but the truth is I'm defeating sin, death, the enemy, the grave. He was defeating everything on the cross. The kingdom of heaven, sometimes it looks like things might be going wrong in your life. It might look like things are going wrong in our world, but the reality is spiritually God is advancing his kingdom, and I want to partner with it. I don't want to be someone that partners with the lie that thinks like, oh, I just can't wait till Jesus returns and takes us out of this horrible mess. No, that's not my mindset. My mindset is his kingdom is advancing. I see it. I recognize it. I'm aware of it. And I'm going to forcefully partner with it. Does that make sense? You and I, when we became born again, right? God's word says that his desire is that all men should come to the saving knowledge of who he is, right? He desires to save everyone. But not everyone is going to heaven. Not everyone receives salvation. You, when you became a Christian, you, you were presented with the truth of the gospel, and you grabbed a hold of that gospel, and you said, I'm receiving that, I'm taking that into my life, and I'm making it mine, and then you became born again, and you became a Christian. This is how the kingdom of God works. So with salvation, that's the same thing with everything else in the kingdom. Every other promise of God is yes and amen. It's one of those things where it's all here, it's all available, but we have to grab a hold of it. We have to seize it. Forceful people, right, in the kingdom of God, forceful people are grabbing a hold of it and saying, this is mine, it belongs to me, right? Um, I go through tons of scripture, but what came to my mind right now is, you've heard the story before, right, where Jesus was walking through a crowd, people all around him, his disciples right next to him, the, he'd done tons of miracles, fed thousands of people, so everywhere he went, just crowds followed. It was like a mess in the streets and they were all bunched up together. And there was a woman, right? You heard this? That had a, she was bleeding. She had a disease. She had things going wrong in her body. And she forcefully advanced her way through the crowd until she could grab hold of his garment. I believe she wouldn't have been healed unless she forced her way through the crowd and grabbed a hold of something. There's things that are in God's word. There's promises. There's all kinds of things in his kingdom that are all around us. The kingdom is advancing, but are you and I being forceful people that are grabbing a hold of it? I think the, the implication of what God is saying, it's, 
I don't feel like I can unpack it all. Like, I feel like what God is saying, I'm preaching to myself this morning. I'm not just like, oh, I have all this. Let me just tell you how it is. It's like, no, God's bringing some revelation, and I hope we get more of this. This is just the beginning of more to come. The season we are in, right? I know every generation thinks they're the last generation, and Jesus is going to return in their time, but I think that's the right mindset to have. I want to have a mindset that Jesus is returning. And if we look at that verse, it actually says, Matthew eleven twelve 12 says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. There was a John the Baptist who, after 400 years of silence, broke the silence. He shifted and changed the atmosphere. John the Baptist was a disruptor, right? He wasn't a passive go with the flow type of personality, right? John the Baptist was that crazy hellfire and brimstone, right? Crazy hair, ate locusts and honey, right? He was a crazy guy. But it took someone like him who was forceful to shake up the spirit realm. And if you read, he shook up the religious and the political realm too. Everything was being shaken. John the Baptist was shaking everything. The kingdom of heaven was being forcefully advanced. And I love what Jesus says. He says, the very next verse after this one, he says, but the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. You can view yourself as just a passive pawn. Can I say it this way? I view myself, my personality, my temperament, I'm, I'm more of a passive temperament. I go with the flow. It's not hard for me to get along with all kinds of different personalities. I, my, I, I can look at my childhood. Growing up, I had friends that were like alpha males and like dominant. I'm like, great, I can be friends with them, and they're the ones making all the decisions, and I would go along with them. I'd have other friends that were even more passive than I was, so I became the decision maker, and I became the leader, and I, I could get along with everyone. I was just kind of a go with the flow, however, whatever needed to happen. But this isn't about personality. This is about the kingdom of heaven. And God is saying, I don't care what your personality is. I don't care what your temperament is. I don't care about what situation you're in. I don't care how long you've been a victim. The truth is, at some point, you can't view yourself as a passive person. You can't view yourself as a victim, as everything's just bad happening to you. You have to say, no, I have to grab a hold of something. I have to, by force, get myself out of this. I want to make this... I don't know, I'm hoping this is coming across the right way because it's not that you self, like selfish ambition that I'm just going to force Ryan's way and impose it on someone else's way. That's not what I'm talking about. So if you're going down that road, stop. Don't go down that road. What I'm saying is there's promises in God's word. There's truths and principles in God's kingdom that those are the things that we have to forcefully advance. I think about... I don't see my mom. My mom is often here and she always gets talked about. My mom is someone who forcefully brings up the subject of God's kingdom everywhere she goes. If she's at the grocery store, she's getting gas. If she's, whatever she's doing, she'll ask. When she was in the hospital getting surgery, every single nurse and doctor and specialist that came to her, she would ask them, hey, do you believe in God? Oh, of course we believe in God. Okay, but do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that he's the way this, you know, she just would force the conversation about like, they're there to, to minister to her, and she's like, no, no, no. I'm here to force the kingdom of heaven into this situation, into this conversation. You're going to hear the gospel whether you want to hear it or not, right? She forcefully advances the truth of God's word everywhere she goes. Not all of us are called to be evangelists. I get that. But all of us are called to be evangelistic. Are we, I'm trying to force the situation. Do you view yourself as a passive pawn? 
I'm preaching to myself too many times. I go places into settings and circumstances, and I and I go and I'm like, well, I, I'm a nobody. Like I, this is not my territory. This is not. I'm not the leader. Like I know I'm the pastor here at Osborne. I go to the places like, well, I'm not the pastor. I'm not the leader. I'll just let the leaders do their thing. And at some point, I have to view myself as I'm not taking over. I'm not stepping on people's authority and usurping things that don't belong to me. No. But what I'm doing is I'm so kingdom mindseted that I'm not like, oh, I can't do anything. I can't have any influence here. I can't change anything. That's a lie of the enemy. It doesn't matter your position. You have the ability to influence and change any circumstance. Your circumstance can change. Amen? Your situations can change. Your attitude can change. Your heart's desires can change. Everything about you can change. But it's one of these things that we're aligning ourselves in God's kingdom. God's kingdom is a forceful kingdom. I know we hear this like that Jesus is a gentleman, right? He doesn't force, he does not force us to become his children. He offers things to us. I get that. But at the same time, it's like life and death, heaven or hell. It's not like this passive middle ground you can play around with. I'm going to read this. I have it in here somewhere. I read this about a week ago. and It was something I underlined from Oswald Chambers. Let me find it. My Elvis for is highest. It's a devotional that I've read the longest in my life. I can't say I read it every single night, but I did for several years. I read it every single day. Um, and this was underlined. And it said this. Oswald Chambers says this. God does not give us overcoming life. He gives us life as we overcome. God, God doesn't just give you this overcoming life where everything goes your way and you're more than a conqueror in everything you do because he just gave it to you. No, he gives you life as you choose to overcome. He gives you life as you choose to partner with his kingdom that is forcefully advancing and saying, I'm going to grab a hold of that and I'm going to overcome because greater is he who's in me than who's in the world, right? There's things that you have to partner with. And as you do, he gives you this overcoming life. Yes, but it's not a wave of wand. God, would you just give me your peace so that I never have any problems? That, that, no, that will never happen. He'll give, you, he'll give you peace in the midst of your problems. But you have to grab a hold of his peace and say, I'm not letting go of your peace, God. Things are starting to get a little crazy around here. Things are starting to get a little wild. Things are starting to deteriorate. But I'm not letting go of your peace. I've got a hold of it, and I'm not letting go. No matter what the enemy brings my way, I'm not letting go of your peace. I am determined to be full of peace in the midst of this, right? Whatever it is, joy, whatever it is, all these different things that we have to actually say, I'm grabbing hold of this, and I'm not letting go. Thinking about even just a lot of things that Jesus did in his three years of ministry, right? To the man that had a withered hand, he told him, stretch out your hand. And as the man obeyed and actively did something, it was healed. Almost all of his miracles, he would say, pick up your mat and walk home. The guy had to actually, I'm crippled, I can't get up. But he had to physically say, okay, I'll actively try to do what you just told me to do. And as he got up, he got healed. He told the lepers, right, the 10 lepers, go show yourself to the priests. And it wasn't until they obeyed and started walking towards the priests that all of a sudden they got healed. Do you see how there's an active participation in his kingdom? 
Too many times we just want to be passive and say, God, just fix the situation. Our prayer life is like, God, just do your thing. Fix it. And he's like, no, do your thing. You participate. You stretch out your hand. You go and watch as you go and do this. Then the miracle comes. The nature of the kingdom is to advance. The nature of God's kingdom is always to advance. The nature of God's kingdom is not to bunker in and just hold ground. That's not the nature of God's kingdom. So if you ever start feeling that way, thinking that way, that's not the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is to say, no, what the enemy meant for evil, we're going to turn around and use this for good. And I'm going to learn how to persevere. I'm going to get some extra character in this. I'm going to see the love of God shed abroad in my heart. I'm going to see God's kingdom advanced even inside of me. Is that making sense? I have this mindset that the kingdom of heaven is advancing no matter what comes my way. The enemy comes and he steals something that was not allowed, but somehow he stole something. I'm like, well, somehow this is going to work out for God's glory and my good. Because what the thief stole, we we're just talking about it. He has to repay sevenfold. So when the enemy comes to steal, there should be like, ha, praise God, the enemy just stole something from me. I get more. I'm, kingdom of heaven is about to advance in my life. Oh, since I'm, I don't know, I talk about stole you, I think about money right away. Can I even use this example? The kingdom of heaven, the nature is not passive. So we don't, I, don't, I haven't talked about tithing in a while, but let me just say it this way. The principle and the command to tithe if you are passively waiting that after you pay all your bills and take care of all your finances, that you're just waiting for 10% to be left over and then you'll tithe, you'll never tithe. You'll never tithe. You have to forcefully say, no, I am going to tithe and I'm going to give God 10% and then I'm going to try to pay my bills after that. I'm going to force my finances to give God the tithe first and then whatever happens is going to happen. I trust God to help make all this other stuff. If I don't pay a bill, I don't pay a bill. But God gets what he gets first. I'm bringing, is that making sense? Like that's a very practical thing. Like we think tithing, people get all tight when we say the word tithing. Get over the law and the regulations and the rules and the restricting. I'm saying it gives you life. Like when you tithe, it's not this restricting thing. It's actually teaching you the principle of God's kingdom. Force yourself to give him 10%. And then watch how everything else is taken care of. And then watch how after you force yourself to do that, you can give joyfully. It's not even just forcefully giving myself 10%. It's like, man, what a joy it is to give above and beyond 10%. I love giving God money. It's not, like, it has to start somewhere. I have to force myself to do things I don't feel or think like doing. But as I force myself to do that, the kingdom of heaven gets ushered in. And all that peace and all that joy begins to flood and advance in my life. Is that making sense? Like, that woman, she didn't enjoy forcing her way through the crowd that everyone in that crowd knew she was, can I say a bloody mess? She wasn't allowed. She was unclean. She was dirty. I think people knew that. And as she was in the crowd, there were people saying, ew, get away from me, gross. She had to force her way. Didn't matter what people were saying and doing, spitting on her, kicking her. I'm going to force my way to Jesus and grab a hold of something. And as she obeyed that small whisper and she just grabbed a hold, then God's kingdom came all the way through her body and she was completely healed. 
There's things that's going to cost you something to be a forceful person. To force the kingdom of God into your life, there's some sacrifice. There's some things that it's not going to be easy. But the results are incredible. The outcome is worth it. talking about how Jesus is, is passive. The Holy Spirit, right? I've read a book, and I, I agree. The Holy Spirit, like, descended on Jesus in the form of a dove, right? And the dove tends to be, like, a very gentle symbol. The Holy Spirit is not a dove, but he came like a dove, right? Came like a dove, rested on Jesus' shoulder. And I read a book, incredible. I love the book. I agree with all the principles in it. That we should walk around like we have a dove on our, on our shoulder, and everything we think about is we don't want that dove to fly away. All day long, I'm walking with the mindset, I don't want this dove to fly away. I don't want to jerk and go too fast. I don't want to scare it. I, everything I'm deciding is because I don't want the presence of this dove to fly away. Holy Spirit. Everything I do in life, I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I don't want to offend him. I want to follow his lead. I want him to feel so at home resting on me. There's a gentleness to the Holy Spirit, right? There's, but at the same time, read Scripture. Acts chapter 2. Did the Holy Spirit come in a gentle way into that prayer meeting? No. It says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house. Or the New Living Translation says, Like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, or New American Standard, like a violent rushing wind. So is the Holy Spirit gentle like a dove, or is he violent? Yes. I'm saying this because, yes, there are times that we are to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. There are times where being led by the Holy Spirit, you are to be gentle. I 100% agree. That's biblical. But can you also agree with me? There are times when you're led by the Holy Spirit that you might have to be a little bit violent and roar in the middle of a worship service like Jericho, the walls are falling down. It might seem weird. It might seem strange. It might offend your mind. It might not be what you're comfortable doing. I don't think God cares about you being comfortable. In fact, I know he doesn't care about me being comfortable. I can just speak for myself. He does not care about Ryan being comfortable. He does not care about Ryan being comfortable in his own personality and nature and what I'm comfortable doing. I've shared the testimony a thousand times. Nothing in my flesh ever wanted to be the pastor of this church. I've shared the testimony before. When the opportunity came, I was even being interviewed by the board, and I said, I feel like I'm being set up, and I'm interviewing for a job I don't want. I actually said that. I don't want this job. But there was something, I'm just being honest and real with you, that came out of my physical mouth, but I could feel in my spirit when it, that was happening. Can I just be real honest? The church could have gone in a different direction. There was someone else who was very, way overqualified than I was to be the pastor, but there was something within me that said, no, I'm supposed to be the pastor. And I began answering questions different. Like, I'm telling you, it wasn't like I got demon-possessed, but my spirit man rose up over my flesh man. I got spirit-possessed. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Something violent happened inside of me, right? It wasn't just this passive Ryan. They started asking questions, and things were coming out of me. I'm like, why did I say that? But it was like violent saying, no, I can do this. I know I have four kids all in diapers, and I know I'm barely making it eat. Like, I barely can pay my bills, and I'm, like, my time management, like, I barely have any time. But no, I have time. I'm the youth pastor currently, and I come up with, I, I preach 
on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday schools. I teach Wednesday nights. We do activities. I do camps. I do all that. I just started testifying of all these things I'm already doing. So to be the lead pastor, yeah, I'm qualified. Yes, I can do it. I was like, where is this coming from? <laughs> it was the Holy Spirit getting violent inside of me saying, don't you dare let this opportunity pass by. This is a divine moment and don't be passive. Be a forceful person who seizes the day. Oh man, I'm thinking of Now's the time to seize the day. Ready to dance up here like newsies. Um, movies, he always get a movie from me. Um, that's a good word. The season we're in, now is the time to seize the day. If you are going to remain passive, the kingdom of God is going to pass you by. Jesus in the crowd is going to keep walking until someone else grabs a hold of his garment. There's something today now is the day, today is the day of salvation. Now is the time of his favor. Can I say anything about his kingdom? God's kingdom is forcefully advancing. The church, I'm saying the church globally, but I'm saying Osme Road Church, and I'm saying you individually. The kingdom of heaven is advancing forcefully, and you better grab a hold of it. You better seize the day. You better grab hold and say, I'm holding on for dear life, and I'm not letting go. Things might get crazy, Winds and waves might come, but Holy Spirit, you're a violent, mighty, mighty rushing wind. So I'd rather grab a hold of the Holy Spirit than be succumb to the winds of this world. It's going to get violent either way. Can I say that? And I, I'm like, I don't mean violent, like, oh, everyone's going to start shooting each other. Like, don't get weird on me. Like, I'm just saying in the spirit realm, things are going to get violent. And I choose not to be succumb to the violence of the enemy trying to defend his territory, I'm like, no, the gates of hell will not prevail. He can put up a fight and he can do all he wants to defend his territory. I say, I don't care. Because it goes right along with that scripture in Matthew where Jesus says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I've given you the keys to my kingdom. It's time to get a little bit violent. It's time to get a little bit loud. It's time to, I've shared this before, right? In a lot of the sports that I played growing up, I played defense. You need a good defense, right? I'm not saying that. But there's times where if all you ever do is play defense, you're never going to win the game. You've got to learn how to play offense. The kingdom of God is not just playing defense. I get it. Ephesians, there's a time to stand. The enemy attacks. We have our shield of faith. Having done all, we stand. So I'm not coming to get... Like, do you understand, like, this is how I always preach. Like, is it this or this? It's yes. So I'm not saying there isn't a time just to stand our ground. I get that. But do you discern the season? Do you discern what the word of the Lord is this morning? He's saying, I'm not saying do away with all that. I'm saying, would you add to your faith this idea that you need to forcefully advance the kingdom of heaven? I really have no idea how we're supposed to end service. But I know Pastor Nick did the right thing, that before he ended worship, there was a response, an opportunity to do something in the physical. I don't know what that's supposed to look like right now, so if there's any leadership in the room, if anyone's got a word, I'll kind of sit here for a second. Actually, worship team, you can come on back up. Right? Is that time? It is that time. But I think, I know we did something already, and maybe that was majorly what we're supposed to do, but I don't want to lose the opportunity either to do it again, or for those of you that are like, what are we doing? Now some of it was explained to you. 
and I'm not judging anyone in the room, I'm just saying the opportunity is here again to be a powerful partner. When you come to church, are you coming as a passive pawn? Like, I'm just coming to receive, and if the Holy Spirit shows up, great. If not, oh well, it's not my fault. Or are you coming as a powerful partner? When you come to church, it's like, I'm coming to contribute. I'm coming to compliment what God is already going to do, and I'm coming to bring the compliment with it. I'm coming to add something. Like, I'm bringing the kingdom of heaven with me. I'm not just going to visit. I'm coming to bring it with me. Right? Is that making sense? So when we worship, we are not just passive pawns in worship, and it's up to the worship team to do their thing, and we just sit back and we just watch them do their thing. It's like, no, I'm a powerful partner. I'm, I'm partnering with what they're doing. When pastor's given a word, man, it's okay to get a little more enthusiastic and say, amen, yes, I've told you several times, I love that, I love participation. We can get a little more Southern Baptist, a little more gospel in here, I'm good with that. Because there is something about participating. You can watch from the outside and you might get something, you might glean something, but you won't get all that's available unless you participate. Is that making sense? So I know we shouted, I know we did some things, Hmm. I'll say this. I think we're all supposed to have an opportunity to do something. But there are some individuals in here that this is supposed to be a radical transition. This isn't just a, a passive Sunday where you just grabbed something small. This is an opportunity to move from passivity into a forceful advancing God's kingdom. And I think there's someone in the room that needs to transition from being a victim, victim mentality, to say, no, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I'm gonna grab a hold of God's promises. I'm gonna bring them into my life. Like that promise, I'm bringing into my life. Like I am, God, would heaven come down? Like there's tons of verses I didn't get to, right? The heavens rend or were tore open and we live under an open heaven. We have access to everything that's in heaven but you have to grab a hold of it and bring it down. It's not just saying, well, God, if you're willing, drop it into my lap. That's not how it works. Say it for the thousandth time. The kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing and forceful people are seizing it, grabbing a hold of it. Are you a powerful partner? Amen. Is there anything that someone feels like we're supposed to do? I think we should declare that. Yeah. I will forcefully advance the kingdom of God. Amen. I will forcefully advance the kingdom of God. Stand up, stand up. Lift your hands up and say, I will advance the kingdom of God. I will advance the kingdom of God. I am advancing the kingdom of God. I am advancing the kingdom of God. And when they say to you, you have one army, say, all of heaven's got me. All of heaven's got me. All of heaven's got me. can't lose the enemy will get you to think you can he'll try mighty hard you even believe it but you cannot lose 
because he paid the price for your victory. So I got a victory. You got a victory. Nothing's going to stop us except ourselves. <laughs> but we got it right today. that you have to see me, but I have to see you. Okay. Okay, so this was the dream. Um, I was on a train, and there were quite a few people on the train. And um, the it was an old-fashioned train, so you had to shovel coals. But what I was shoveling in it, I was doing it, I was, I was, had the dream. So I'm shoveling coals, but they were gold nuggets. They were gold nuggets. And in the dream, it was strange because the stack start, you know, the, the steam is going straight up, just straight up. And so there were people slowly getting on the train. Everybody actually had a ticket. They did have a ticket, but some weren't getting on the train. They were on the track, but not on the train. So they were in the kingdom, but didn't get on the train. And the train, there was a hill in front of the train. And it started chugging, chugging, chugging. And it was slow going. And there were people started yelling out the windows, get on the train, get on the train. You're going to miss it. Get on the train. We're shoveling the coal. We're shoveling coal. Get on the train. We're crying out. Some people ran to get on the train. They did. The further away the train got, they had to run harder and go up the track first. But then there were some that just waved goodbye. They didn't care. They were content where they were. But as the train went up, the steam did not go straight up. It started going over the train, clear to the back to the caboose. And it covered the train, and it turned into the glory cloud over the train. Do not miss the glory cloud. Do not miss the train. Hallelujah. Say, I'm not missing the train. I'm not missing the train. I'm not missing the train. And, it, and listen, if you feel like you've been standing on the track, I suggest you come up here waving your ticket and saying, I am on the train. Hallelujah. Come get your tickets right here. Come get it. Wave this as a symbolism, a wave offering to the Lord. Yes, Lord. 